Hello, welcome to Rambles and Rants. Eric Grady, your host, and my guest today is Johnny O. Axelson again. I mean, this is kind of like your, you're almost like your show now too, Johnny O. Um, our tagline, I, I'm kind of pirating off my other show, but um, that one's, we've got opinions and now we got a platform. And this one I was thinking, we've got opinions and now you're going to hear them. Is it, maybe it's too threatening. I don't know. Um, <laughs> how, how are you doing this uh, fine uh, early afternoon Saturday? Good. I'm feeling a little threatened um, by that tagline. <laughs> Hopefully the Gophers are that aggressive today uh, against UNC. Yeah. Um, I, you're going to learn about mental health awareness and you're going to like it today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's one of those things, you know, long time Gopher fan that like um, speak, we're going to, we're going to be talking about mental health here is a little kind of a scoop that I, I've learned. Um, and like being a Gopher fan, there's a bunch of mental health related to, to, to being a fan. And you just kind of learn to lower your expectations and not, uh, not get too high or low that like just kind of take it as it comes. Absolutely. Um, I feel the same way. Um, I, I used to get way too <sighs> attached to how, the performance of my teams. If they lost, I'd get really down and especially the Vikings. And as I've gotten older, and um, there's a, one of the sports, uh, local sports hosts on KFAN that I listen to kind of put it into perspective of, you know, it's just sports. Don't let it ruin your day. And I think with age does come some wisdom and I really don't, you know, get too upset. I'll maybe be mad on like the drive home or something. And then I'm just kind of like, whatever, you know, that's life. So um, I definitely uh, deal with it a lot better than I used to because I mean, really, Sometimes the Vikings losing, it would make me kind of mad for like the whole week, you know, if it, especially if I thought they should have win or we got jobbed by the officials or something. So anyway. No, I'm with you. I would I would be like a Sunday for sure, de devastated, and then Monday still like reeling from the loss. And, um, and back when I was doing fantasy football, mm. it made it worse. It was like, you know, two, two or three times that. And so I'm like, what am I doing here? Fantasy is really so. frustrating. I, you're right. I would get super upset about fantasy if I got like a bad beat or I picked the wrong player or something. Like I take it much better now. I lost both my leagues this week and I was just like, yeah, like 50% chance you're going to lose. And like I made most of the right decisions. Like one guy blew up on my bench, but it was like somebody that didn't have a great matchup. And I was like, how, how are you going to know? I, I don't, out of like one out of the six analysts I looked at had him ranked higher. And it was just like, you know, what are you going to do? So, but anyway, so, uh, you know, starting to get a little crisper and cooler out here. I was sitting outside and it was nice in the sun today, but you can definitely feel fall is, uh, is coming. It's nice weather for, for football and for sports, but, um, the school year is going on and, and you, uh, work in the school system. So I was just curious how, how it's going so far. We've been, been super happy my kindergartner was did not like going to preschool that much last year and we really had to fight with her and so far she she loves kindergarten and it's, makes my life so much e easier when my both of my children want to go to school then don't want to go to school because it's like you know, they have to go every day and even today she was asking like oh what like what time do i go to school at and i was like oh it's saturday you don't go today and she was like mad so anyway um how's it going that's really cool. That's really no. It's cool for for them, especially your kindergartner, that she like is in on school again. You know that she was out kind of on preschool in for kindergarten. Is it a half day or a full day for her? Full day kindergarten now, yeah. In Minnesota, they switched to that. Uh, a oh, while for ago. all, all yeah, of them. Yeah, it's been like all, that for okay, yeah okay. for a while. I don't know, maybe okay five to five to eight years. It's five to ten years ago, something like that. Five to seven okay. years ago. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. And all the uh, food is paid for now at the school too, which is nice. Breakfast and lunch. Not that my kids will eat any of it, but I like it. The idea of it in theory that's available. Thanks, Tim Walls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So good start to the year for you mixed okay uh mixed so like i'm working as a building sub and at, it's been like uh 
unexpected because I'm mostly working as a para in my role. Mm. And I thought it would be more of like, you know, something for teachers. That's my background as a, as a teacher. And so, um, and working with some challenging students, uh, autism mm. students and, you know, love them and they're doing the best they can, but it's, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, so I don't know. And, and it wasn't as much of the work that you like had signed up for. So it's a, just when it's unexpected, it's a little harder. It's a little different when you can, you have time to kind of mentally prepare for it than kind of the switcheroo. Yeah. Like it's, it's not really, I don't have, yeah, I don't really have training in what I, what I am doing now. And like, I didn't expect it. Like you said, I, I didn't sign up for it. And so I'm looking at some other options about still working as a building sub, but maybe a different building. And, um, have there not just been a lot of teachers that have been out sick to start the year or whatever? No, or... that's kind of expected. Like from my years of teaching, like usually the first couple of weeks, teachers aren't gone because like, you know, mm. uh, kids, their, their germs haven't really, <laughs> you know, gained, permeated yeah, the they entire room yet. They haven't taken over the school yet. And so teachers are still usually pretty healthy and they've been off for, you know, three months. And so their immune system is like at a, you know, pretty high level. Um, but then as the, the year progresses, you know, yeah, it gets colder and people are indoors more and then those viruses, flu season starts. Sure. And... Sure. So like, yeah, there hasn't been that many teachers gone. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I guess I'm happy to be back in the routine again. I'm happy to be back in school, like working in a school again. It's just maybe not the right, right fit at this point. Uh, the question I wanted to ask you, I know you've been waiting on this one. Yes, sir. And I know your Twitter handle, maybe your Instagram too. You have Big Game Grady. <laughs> grade A. Is it Grade A? Sorry. Yeah. A, is it? Go ahead. Do you want to give us the the back the backstory there? The backstory, yeah. So Big Game Grade A. Um, it's kind of two nicknames that are combined into one. So the Big Game, it's kind of a joke. Um, I I won a poker tournament that was maybe. 20, 25 people in a common area of a large like apartment complex. And I think it was like a hundred dollar buy-in and um, we played like all day and um, I won like, I don't know, a thousand, 1200 bucks, something like that. And, and it was, a, it was quite a while ago. So I was in like my mid twenties. So it was, it was a big chunk of change for me. And then that, that tournament, the following year, it was smaller. It was only like, I think maybe a, 60 or $75 buy-in and it was less people. It wasn't 20 people. It was more like 16 people or something. So I think I won maybe, I don't know, six, six, 700 bucks or something like that. And uh, my friend was in the final table with me, but then he went out and he didn't wait to see a win. So when he went to say um, who won, I just said, well, from now on, you can just call me the big game because that was kind of the biggest game that we had played each year or whatever. And so then kind of mockingly, he started calling me that. And then a couple of my other friends did. And so then, so it's kind of a joke because I mean, they weren't even that big of poker winnings or anything. I mean, I have friends that have won 20, 30, $40,000, you know, but um, so anyways, uh, but my family finds it very annoying. So I know that it kind of needles people. So that's why I like to say it. And then the other one is my buddy, Tony used to call me grade A because I got like straight A's in high school or whatever. So I was kind of a very studious, so he thought that was a good play on words. So anyway, gotcha. so that's why I'm big game grade A twenty seven. So, yeah. so there's some um, so there's some tongue in cheek with the uh, big game. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. big time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, so anyway, so I, I find it I find it funny, and um, and I sing I make up little songs about um my, with my name and stuff that my parents or my family really likes, and uh, not. So anyway, yeah, I'm just a big goofball, sure. you know. Can we hear a sample? Peter Pan, Peter Pan syndrome. Oh, something like, uh, "Don't hate on the big game, because when you hate it on the big game, don't hate on the big game today." Hey, hey, like stuff like that, you know. <laughs> People hollering "big game this" and "big game that," you know. All I hear was "mad more hits and mad more tracks." Have your kids? Have your Have your kids heard this? Oh God! Oh yeah! Yeah! Okay. Yeah, yeah! All right. They're like. Daddy, daddy, shut up. No more big game. Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have any nicknames? You know, most of my nicknames are from uh, when I was a kid. Um, so with my name, Johnny-O, um, you know, most people, when I introduce myself to them, they think it's like Johnny, like Johnny Olson. It's like a nick, you know, like a nickname. Yes. And yep. 
And so with the O part of it, I got a lot of that in school where I was like Cheerio. I was, um, <laughs> I was Jenny O Turkey. I was like, Jenny. Yeah. I was, That's o funny. I was ozone because I tended to like, um, just kind of drift. My mind would just kind of drift like a basketball, <laughs> like basketball practice. I would, wasn't really, pay, That's funny. wasn't really paying attention. So, um, and then I remember like when I was teaching at an alternative school, there was a guy at the school that was kind of a tough, he saw himself as like a t kind of a tough guy. Mm. And he was asked like, what's your nickname? He's like, Oh, I'd be nail would be my nickname. And then they, <laughs> then they asked like, what would, you know, Johnny O's nickname be? What would my nickname be? And it, he's like, and you said hammer. <laughs> no, I, see, he made it all up. He, he called me feather. Oh, feather. So I was the counter to his nail. I was soft. I, see. I was soft. Because you're soft. Soft. Yeah. And, soft and uh, flighty, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Blows around with the wind. Yes. And so is this like, is this like a um, intimating that like you weren't tough with the kids? Like you were letting them get away with too much? Or does it you mean like more like, like physically, like you're small white guy and like he could like beat you up or something? Uh... I don't know if I ever got an explanation of it. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think he was just like he he saw himself as like you know he's a pretty big guy. He worked out a lot. Um, Beefcake. I was kind of more of a soft, like I guess a lover, not a fighter. You know that kind of thing where like I'm not looking yeah. to to fight anyone or like get in anyone's face. And so you, you're you're pretty soft spoken. Like you're more controlled with your mannerisms and yeah. voice. I'm a little bit more wild <laughs> well that's why you're big game that's right that's right tell your friends yeah okay so let's get into it mental health um i think this is a really good topic i've had a lot of um current uh issues with this and um i have as well throughout my life but um kind of was under wraps for a long time and then kind of cropped up again and um and I know that, that you've had some personal experience with this as well. So just a couple stat, stats to start us off, just to kind of put this into context of how common it is. You know, one in five U.S. adults lives with some type of mental illness. One in about 20 to 25 adults in the U.S. has a serious mental illness. And they categorize that as like schizophrenia, bipolar, major, major depressive disorder. Um, and also it impacts young people a lot. One in six young people have experienced uh, a major depressive episode. So something that we definitely have to keep an eye on. It's gotten a lot better with the awareness and less stigma in, in recent times. I think um, COVID really shined a light on how much um, mental illness that there is in this country and how much we are need to be interconnected and, and we're having so much um, that solitude and that, that depression as a country was kind of on the national stage. But I think um, it's still, it's still tricky. It's still a tricky topic to navigate. And um, especially when it comes to like friends and family, your work, just those kind of like stigmas, like are people going to look at me differently um, in a work context? So I don't know. What's um, what's your views on, I know the first thing you had here is kind of self-care and kind of how you relate it to work. And Yeah. So like um, you mentioned those stats and I think that like you know, I think it's being discussed more than it used to be. You know, I think, you know, we used to, there used to be terms like that person's crazy or that person's like. Screw loose. They're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. A whack, a whack job or, yeah, you know, and so I think we're getting kinder, I think, to people with mental health uh, issues. And so, um, you know, my own quick background on that is that, um, I didn't know I had anxiety for a long time and it wasn't until I went in and like, uh, talked to my therapist and realizing that, you know, Oh, the worrying that I do and thinking overthinking and like not feeling like feeling something's off. Like, you know, I didn't know what it was. And so, um, and then like when I first was offered like medication, I'm like, yeah, can I do it just for like a short amount of time? I don't want to be, you know, long-term. Uh, I don't really like prescription medication. I don't like to use, you know, medication. And now that I've been on it for four years about, um, three, four years, somewhere in that range, uh, it's, it's helped, you know, I, I've noticed a difference. Um, and even like, 
I've had some times where I haven't used it and I felt pretty good, but then knowing that it might not stay that way. And I, I want to be consistent with, with my medication. Um, right. And I've had, I've had depression since high school, maybe middle school. Um, and so I, you know, you and I kind of have some stuff we've talked about with mental health, some commonalities. Yeah, definitely. Um, anxiety has like been the big one for me. Um, I first got it in uh, right after college, right when I started working, um, I would just start getting real dizzy at work. I had a lot of sensations like I was falling, um, just didn't feel like the ground was hard under me. And I kept thinking it was like a physical thing. And then finally, I started having some full blown panic attacks. And that's when I realized, oh, th this is anxiety. Um, but like the first couple of times, you know, you think you're having a heart attack. I went to the, you know, uh, urgent care or to the hospital and everything. And, um, and then I started seeing a psychiatrist, got, got tried a few different medications. It was, um, it was a tough journey at first, that first six months to a year, but finally got stable on some medications and, um, and it worked really well. I mean, my anxiety was, was pretty under control for like. I don't know, like 17 years or something. And then really it kind of started getting a little worse with COVID. I think I got really into like looking at the COVID numbers all the time and kind of just over analyzing that. And then also just the um, solitude kind of from working at home. And it kind of just made my life a lot smaller when I was working, you know, remotely in my room. And so it took me a while to kind of get used to this lifestyle and how to get out of the house more and, and kind of some of those techniques to coping techniques that we can talk about later. But um, definitely for me, like I went like, I don't know, 17 years without having 16, 17 years without having panic attacks and then started having them again and um, started learning that, you know, so you, your body can just stop metabolizing or not metabolize your medication after, and they don't really know why. And so just been trying different medications, but I started getting just super tired and all of this and thought it was something physical. A lot of different diseases have similar symptoms. So sometimes it's tricky to know, like, do I have a heart condition? Do I have sleep apnea? Do I have, uh, um, you know, some type of autoimmune disease? And, um, and then I know that I have um, anxiety and ADD. And so it's kind of like, man, you know, like, is it the chicken or the egg? Like, what is my problem? And finally, I just got diagnosed with, it's basically fibromyalgia. It's called myofacial, myofacial pain syndrome. It's like very closely related to fibromyalgia. But one of the symptoms of fibromyalgia is anxiety. So it's like I had generalized anxiety disorder and I have fibromyalgia and they kind of just keep reinforcing each other. And so it's, it's tricky. I kind of have to treat both of them in tandem and kind of like one of the big ways to treat fibromyalgia is mainly just with diet. So I'm going to be trying this like fibromyalgia diet. It's basically like a um, autoimmune um, diet where you want to take a lot of anti-inflammatory and stay away from things that are inflammatory, but it's, it's hard, man. Grains are inflammatory. And like, I am Italian. Like I'm used to eating like a ton of pasta. Like I love grains. I'm a big, like, salty snack eater and um i like i i'm one of those like live to eat people and it's like i can't i can't do that now so like last night they were having hot dogs and brats and all this and i just had like a little side salad with gr grilled chicken it's like i gotta i'm like uh you know from Step Brothers, like i'm taking a baby aspirin in the morning just like trying to work on my health you know so but it, it is what it is i want to feel better you know so you gotta do what you gotta do yeah there's never like a disease where you have to like eat Doritos and like hot Cheetos, you know, like to that's, that's the prescribed diet, you know, like it's never, I know, it's right? never like, what the hell? here's some fun things you get to no, eat. It's always like, it's always like spinach is good for you and broccoli. Like, yeah. oh no shit. You yeah. Don't say, yeah. 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 Ugh, frustrating. One, one, but, quick, um, one quick follow up. Yeah. Uh, when you started to go to like the psychiatrist and start taking medication, was it your idea? Was it, was it a pretty easy acceptance like i'm going to be doing this now and i'm okay with it you know what, what was that like yeah. i i knew that like i i'm not too anti-medication i don't like taking a ton of medications but also like i'm not a big i don't like pain like i have a pretty low pain tolerance and so i am i like i i trust doctors i listen to doctors i 
for the most part, like I go to the doctor. I'm not one of the guys like that's like, I don't go to the doctor. Like I go to the doctor when something's wrong. Like I get injured playing sports, like constantly. I'm like always at the doctor, but, um, I think I knew just from like reading about it in the internet and maybe they even told me at the hospital, like you probably, you know, as part of your care package that you take home, like you should follow up with somebody. And, um, I kind of knew that SSRIs had started to get really popular in the early two thousands there. And, everybody was starting to take Lexapro and Paxil and Fexer and all these different drugs. And so I knew of them. And so I think it was just a question of, I think one thing I didn't know though at first is that I didn't know the difference between therapists and psychiatrists. And I started seeing like therapists and I needed therapy. I, need, I think talk therapy is great. And sometimes a lot of the time, but I didn't, then I was kind of like, well, you know, like, I need medication. They were like, oh, you know, I don't do that. You need to say psychiatrist. So I think I got in that door from, from therapy. And um, I wasn't crazy about the psychiatrist that I saw in Boston, but eventually I got into a medication that kind of stabilized me. And the thing that really worked the best for me that helped out the most was actually um, CBT therapy. I ended up going to the Center for Anxiety and Related Disorders at Boston University like really, really top-notch program. And this doctor that I had there was a was an Asian gentleman and he was fantastic. Um, we did a lot of like exposure therapy. I had like workbooks. I was getting pretty agoraphobic and he would make sure that I wrote down, you know, how long I was outside for, all these things that I was doing. And I really liked it because I'm like a real homework, like got to get a good grade, got to like do my work guy. And so it was nice to have like, oh, if I just like, do this workbook, like I'm going to get better because like there's a process and all that. And I found, I found CBT to be really a good program for me personally at that time in my life. So um, I think that in combat in concert with the medication really helped a lot. And then also, then I moved back home and, um, and I think being around my family and stuff kind of um, and not being so, so hectic in Boston, just living in the city was much more stressful than living in a, the beautiful suburb of Eden Prairie, Minnesota, where everything is was less expensive and easier and cleaner and nice and uh, safer. So anyways, um, I think that helped out as well. But I don't know, how about yourself? When did you think like, uh, I might want to see somebody about this? Was there something that kicked it off in your mind? Did you read something or was there an episode or anything that... But firstly, yeah, I just want to say like that's so cool that you found you know the CB, CBT CBT is it cognitive behavioral? Yes, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yes, therapy. Okay, so that's cool that you found that, and and um, I had tried therapy a couple of times, um, and the therapist I'd seen, um, we weren't really making that much progress, and like you know I could kind of create, you know, my own narrative, you know, for like, you know, like these times with a therapist and I thought I was doing the work and I thought like, you know, I'm, I'm making an effort. I'm doing something about, you know, my, my issues. And, uh, I think it wasn't until, so in 2018, my dad died. He had cancer for about six, seven months. And I think that triggered a lot. And so I think that's when the anxiety really got, um, escalated. And so I, I did, you know, you mentioned like the heart attack, like I thought I was having heart attacks. And so I would mm -hmm. wake up and, and drenched in sweat, my heart beating out of my chest, calling 911. I'm having a heart attack. They'd show up yeah. by the time they showed up. Like it was like, Oh, you're fine. Your heart rate, yeah. your heart rate's normal. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. So I knew something was off. Um, yeah. And they get like mad at you when this happens too. Like I went to the, the doctor that saw me at the hospital was like, um, uh, you know, no, all your things are fine. Like, I think you're just having like a panic attack. Do you have like a history of anxiety? And I'm like, well, a little bit. And he was kind of like, well, you know, this is a panic attack. Then like, what are you even doing here? I was like, well, I wasn't sure. Like, I also have like really high cholesterol and I don't want to, I don't want to like take my chances. This is the first one I've had, buddy. Like have a little right. grace, but a lot, I know paramedics and, you know, emergency room doctors, I, their life is so stressful. Like, you know, in sure. retrospect, I don't blame them at the time. I was kind of like, fuck you. I thought I legitimately thought I was having a heart attack. Like, of course I'm going to come to the ER, you know? Well, that's when you want to know, like, am I being uh, covered by insurance for the shame that you're putting on me? You know, for <laughs> Do I get a discount? 
is my insurance going to cover that? Is that going to be out of pocket or like, how, how's that, how's that going to be billed? You know? Um, uh, yeah. Cause I, we don't know. I mean, like we don't know what's happening to our bodies. Like we're yeah. not, we're not professionals. So. And I didn't have anything at the time. I, it's not like I had, you know, Xanax or anything like that, or, you know, any type of, um, PRN because like it was the first time that I'd ever had something like that. So now having had 20 years of history with it and having proper medications, if something goes wrong, it'd be completely different. But when you're, you know, 22 years old and you don't know, you just got this disease. It's kind of like, you know, help me, help me out here, buddy. It's not like I'm coming into the ER every, every weekend. Like this is the first time I've been in the ER in my life, you know, yeah. hopefully the last. So, I'll chop off. Anyway. I'll chop off a finger for you, and then we can talk, right? You know, you yeah, want you yeah. want you want something major. Um, so yeah, so so I think just you know finding uh, finding a therapist that finally worked for me that like you know she was able to cut through my I don't know, can we swear in this podcast? Is it? Oh a, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, cut through my BS. Is that no? I guess no. I can you can bullshit. just say you can just say bullshit. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so like, she just, you know, called me out of my stuff and like realized that like, you're, I wasn't being genuine, I wasn't being real. And I was just kind of like, um, putting out a show for her, um, and trying to like, sell her on things like, you know, I think one of the things I would try to sell her on is that like, you know, I was hung up on this woman that I dated in my 20s. And that was why I was having these relationship issues in my 40s. And um, I'm giving away my age. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, well, to be fair, you, you look like you're like 32 or something. So, I mean, you're, you're like, you're like, you're like Benjamin buttoning or something. <laughs> well, it's because of the hat, right? The hat, the hat is, so I think once she, once she really, thank you, by the way, when she started to, um, kind of pull away the nonsense or, you know, kind of move it out of the way and kind of get to where what was really going on. So finding out that I had things like attachment disorder, I've attachment, I've attachment issues. Right. She was like, I don't know if two decades worth of relationships can be blamed on this lady, uh, in your twenties. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And so I think, I think kind of recognizing what was, and then, you know, talking a lot about childhood, which wasn't easy, but it was, you know, a lot of times I think that's like the core of our, you know, core of our issues and, it's it's tricky because I feel like sometimes they try to draw stuff that isn't there that much. Like I had this one therapist that, you know, and I know it's kind of like, uh, not Carl Jung, who's the um the, the Freud, right? Freud was like everything for men is like about their mom, and he kept just doing the Freudian thing about being like, oh, it's it's cause of your mom, cause of your mom, and I'm just like, okay, first of all, like I don't think so. Like my mom was great, and my childhood was great, fantastic, and second of all, like. I don't feel like, how does that help me like right now? Like I'm having trouble like going grocery shopping right now. Like I don't want to hear about, you know, my mom and all this. So I kind of like, I understand when there's, there are traumatic things that happened or if there was trends or there's things that you can learn. But I feel like sometimes if they can't find something that's going on with you, like right now, they'll like kind of grasp for straws and try to like look for things in your past that may or may not be there. So I don't know. I, I it's just there's different techniques with therapy and I think there's pros and cons to both. And, um, but I, I like a little bit more CBT type therapy. That's kind of more like what's going on with you now, what kind of techniques can we use to get passive? That's more proactive instead of being like, I'm like this because of these things. And like, it's fine if that can get you to change your behavior. But I guess for me, I just kind of look at it as like, that's the past. Like, what can I do the next right thing? You know, like, give me tools to use like right now. I don't know. I, it's, it's good to go through one time, but I think I've seen different therapists and they want to go to that well again. It's just like, Oh God, I don't want to, it just takes a long time. I'm a talker. Like, you know, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of money here. If you're going to tell me my life story, like Jesus. Well, it's almost like, it's almost like these, uh, I think it's happened with Batman where like they keep going to his, his origin story. You know, and they keep retelling mm -hmm. his origin stories. Like, we get it. His parents were killed yeah, in an alley. Yes. We know. We know. We know that story. It's like, very traumatic for him. We know. Let's get on with it. You know, he had a fear of bats until he did it. You know, <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, to your point that, like, you know, we, we don't need that, that, you know, going that far back, 
you know, I think therapists, you know, the, I think the ones that are most effective, but they kind of, they're investigating, but they're doing it in a way that where are we making some progress? And yes. it's like, yes. you know, like what, what is the most helpful way method to kind of approach this? Instead of just going into like your therapy book as a therapist, be like, all right, let's yeah. <laughs> chapter chapter one is about childhood trauma. Let's, let's yeah. You know, There's such a wide to- range of therapists. Yeah. Like I've seen just therapists that were so so terrible to ones that are great. Like it's a very very wide gradient in that field. I feel like, and and I mean it's probably similar in different fields, but like sometimes you just don't care that much. Like oh, you know, if my insurance salesman is so much better than this other insurance salesman like maybe you understood your policy like a little bit better or whatever but like when it's your mental health it's just such like an important thing and sometimes there just has to be good vibes i mean sometimes you just don't you're just not on the same wavelength as somebody and they might be great for somebody else but it's just like i mean sometimes there's people that are just i think they would be bad with anyone but there's sometimes it's just like it's not you it's me and it, it's true you know it's just kind of like yeah we're we're looking at things from two different ways or we just don't have anything like in common or whatever it is. So um, I think that a lot of people tried and then maybe like didn't like it, but it's kind of one of those things you got to like try a few people. Like, you know, you just, oh, I tried broccoli, like one, I tried cauliflower once in high school and like, I didn't like it. So I don't like cauliflower. Like, well, maybe your palate changed. Maybe you didn't have this variety of cauliflower. Have you tried it in honey or whatever, you know? So. Um, yeah. I think to follow, follow that, you know, kind of, piggyback on what you just said that like you know to have a therapist that you feel like you understand or the therapist that understands you like they kind of get you they understand you yep. there's some there's some chemistry um um maybe you understand them a little bit you kind of get with their approach and kind of get what they're what they're going for um but yeah because i think you know the more personal it becomes the more helpful it, it is. Yeah. If there's a lot, if there's more trust there, then it, it definitely, I think it, you get a lot better results when you have both ways in trusting each other. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I think, um, just with like mental health, some of the things I've learned over the years is that, um, there's things that I can do to like feel better and just like, I, owe it to myself to just have to do these things to like feel better that I do so much for like my physical body. Like I'm really big about working out. Like I always have lifted weights and like played sports and, you know, done things for my physical self, but I haven't done as much for my mental health. And just like, I know I feel so much better when I meditate. I feel better when I take yoga and I have like a little reminder in my phone that tells me to meditate for 10 minutes, like every night at like nine or 10 o'clock and like nine times out of 10, I just dismiss it, you know? And it's like, no, just like do it. And I've been doing more yoga lately because I I hurt my hand playing basketball. And if it's now, if it's like a super, I did this super hot, way too hard yoga and it was not relaxing, but if it's like a gentle or like a more, just like maybe, you know, not a hundred degrees and just like a calm yoga, just like a regular vinyasa. I get, I feel so refreshed from those. And I don't, I just don't know why I don't do it more. You know, it's like, it's like, I just don't put the right amount of value on the mental health aspect of it. Well, I think part of it, cause I've, I've done yoga and part of it for me, and the same thing like with working out um, is that first that initial getting to where, you know, like whether you're doing it at home or going somewhere else, uh, at least for me, it's like, once I get out the door and once I get to where I'm going, like I have to, most of the time I have to exercise outside of my place. Like I don't like to work out either do yoga at home or like work out in my building. But once I get to like the place I'm going to, to work out, um, where I've done like going to yoga studios before, I'm good. Like, I feel good. I'm like, I feel, especially afterwards, I feel like that, that gratitude, that gratitude of like, Oh my God, that feels so good. And I took that time and I made the effort and, and it's over now. And Calm everything down. And yeah. Get those intrusive thoughts out. Yeah. Stop the hamster wheel spinning for a second. Yeah. There's so much satisfaction with like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. And then you actually follow through and you do it and it feels better. But yeah, sometimes it's that thinking about it and avoidance, you know, like that's something I've used over the years to like cope is to like, (laughs) 
you know, I'll wait till, you know, the half. Uh, I'll wait I'm till kind the... of tired today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, there's like a slight mist outside. Um, <laughs> and so like, you know, I, I think. It's not the exact class I want, right, you know. Right. Uh, and so you, you find way your brain finds ways to like avoid things. And so I self-sabotage you. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th I think it's, you know, it's getting to where you want to go. You know, I, those coping things you talked about are so healthy. I I, want, I did want to talk about like um, some not so healthy coping mechanisms <laughs> that like, you know, when we were talking about this, you know, uh, topic and I used to be, and this is sort of how we connected at one point was poker. Yes. And so I used to be obsessed with poker. Like I would play poker at casinos. I would play with friends. I would play in tournaments and playing in poker tournaments or playing poker was a way for me to avoid um meaningful <laughs> connections with people <laughs> because you know you play poker especially it if you go to a kills a lot kills a lot of time that's for sure yeah you tournaments to, are long you go to you go to like a poker tournament right and like you're there for hours and you're small talking about the vikings or the weather or the weather yeah yeah and so you're not really building you know deep connections with people and so um, but it, yeah, so it, it prevented that. And also just kind of distracted my mind. Like my mind was engaged. Mm -hmm. I wasn't overthinking. I wasn't anxious. Um, I got, I got, I got a little bit addicted to the rush of it too. When you go all in and you get that win, I think that was a good adrenaline rush for me, you know, just the, the winning when you cash in a tournament, you know, like walking out of the Bellagio at 25 years old with like, you know, buy in for hundred bucks and come out of there with, you know, shop and come out of there with six seven eight hundred bucks it's kind of like yeah like i was better than these people like i won and it was fun you know and whatever it's just like um the the, the one that was the in-person one wasn't as bad for me the online stuff started to get a little scary for me i would play like all through the night some nights because when you're in person it's easier for you to like get tired you got to get up to go to the bathroom when, but when you just have your laptop boy oh boy that can get that can get pretty that can get away get away from you quickly. yeah i mean there's i mean with online i mean there is no off button <laughs> there's, yeah, You're I mean, there's always gonna be people, yeah there's always gonna be people playing always. you don't have to worry about you know like how am i gonna get home right. how am i gonna drive home or um and i think you mentioned about like the winning and how that kind of scratched your brain i think that like you know that poker um golf is kind of doing that for me now so i'm kind of wary of that that like um kind of the obsessive part of my brain that wants to obsess over something and keep i don't know keep triggering whatever my brain wants you know like it wants it's so it's so bad man because like even for me sometimes it's not even about winning it's like about how i won and like i get i'm getting like hyper focused on like my stats and basketball i would keep track of like my shooting percentage and just like pick up basketball, like anybody would give a fuck. And I'd be like, Oh, well, I went five for 10 today or like, you know, four for nine. Like I want to be above like 40% is, is good from the floor for me or whatever. And it's just like, who cares? And with soccer, like even sometimes if our team would win, if I didn't score, I would be like mad and it'd be like, who cares? Like you got an assist or like you had a bunch of like key passes and like the team won, but it's like, well, I played forward half the time. Like I should have scored. Like I shot one over the net and it's hard for me to even be like fully happy. Like even the last game we won nine to two and I scored two goals. And one of them was a fucking beautiful goal. Like I full volley, like left footed, like up chest high and just smashed it. But I, my, like I probably should have scored another goal or two. So like, I was mad that like, I only scored two goals and got an assist. And I was like, I should have had like a Canadian hat trick. And it's just like, just let yourself fucking be happy nobody cares except for you you know it's just it's that kind of just that self-sabotage that self-talk that like why why don't you deserve to be happy you know well i want to put on my quebec's hat not my therapist hat and uh, <laughs> um do you know why do you think you have that part of your personality or that part of your brain like where does that come from i don't know i i used to think it was just kind of like OCD, but I think it's just part of the generalized anxiety disorder is kind of this free floating anxiety and comparison to everyone and everything. Like I used to be really, really crazy about 
comparing how much I was lifting to like other people at the gym. And I would do like, I would try to do the calculations of like what I thought their body weight was to like how much they were lifting and do the percentage and see if I was lifting more or less than like people around me. And it was just really, really insane. And I mean, I did that until probably like seven, eight years ago, you know, I mean, it's, and that's at like a 35 year old man, you know? And so it's really, uh, but it just, and like, I used to just re like keep recalculating my grades all the time to make sure like I had like a 4.0, I would just like go through and be like, I'm pretty sure I got like a 98 on this test. I got like a, you know, a 90 on that test. So I should be at 96. I have to be above 94 to get an A. And so it's not an A minus. And like, so I've had some of these just really, um, intrusive thoughts that like happened to me and like I'll, I'll do it now with my podcast numbers where I'll keep like refreshing the podcast like listens and I've even talked about this in therapy where he's just like aren't you like just like doing that for fun mostly like why are you even like looking at it it's because like I like set goals for myself but then also if I do meet the goal I just I just move the goalposts so if I get like 25 people then I'm like well I should really be getting 50. And if I start, I'm sure if I start consistently getting over 50, I should be like, well, it should be a hundred and then it'll be 500 and then it'll be a thousand. And it's just because there's really, there's really no end, right? It's just like the same thing. You could do this with money or with cars. Like you can, you're never going to have, unless you're like Elon Musk or something, you're never going to have more than everyone else. So you just, you have to like learn to be happy with what you got and just doing those gratitudes. And it's like, I do, I have a lot. Also, I have a super lot to be thankful for, you know? And so it's just like sitting there and being like, you know, I'm relatively healthy, great wife, kids, all these things. Like, why am I focusing on how my lawn looks or like door dings or like my garage floor is falling apart? I don't, I don't know what it is. And like the medications and stuff help somewhat, but it doesn't it kind of makes it more of a trickle, but it's still like there, you know, and I, I'm not sure I, I have, I think it's just anxiety related and probably just like some type of personality disorder, you know, it's, I mean, I'm extremely competitive in like whatever I, we do. And I noticed that like playing bocce the other night at like a work dinner and this lady was like, even like being more competitive than me. And then I was like starting to get mad because it was kind of like, she was like celebrating too much. And this is just like playing like yard games, you know? And so really um, you can take anything too far. I think being somewhat competitive is a good trait, but when you take it to like being over competitive, then like you've taken it too far and now you're just like being an asshole, you know? <laughs> it's just like... It's like trying to figure out like where the where that competitive streak comes from and like you're talking about like the weights and you're talking about um basketball and all, and all this stuff i think i think it's i think it's inherent i think i was born with it because my parents never pushed me that hard like my parents were basically like hippies like re like reformed hippies that just became like suburb you know just like your typical like suburban family and so they were never one to like put a lot of pressure on me like my mom put me in like a gifted class once because i was like doing well and like creative writing or something but they were never like take me take more ap classes like they were never you know really looked in like how is school going they like came to conferences and stuff but they never they never pushed me it was all self-driven so that's why i think it's just something that's like in your in your dna like my my dad is a very driven business person and i i think it's just something that you're mostly born with I, I don't know honestly i think i mean everything in life is a combination but i think for me it was just there it, it got kind of turned on in high school um i remember i had this one para that was helping us in the library and we were kind of fucking around on some like report we needed to do on like a famous somebody from history and i think we were doing it in like sugar ray leonard i think in boxing and we were kind of just putzing around and we were in like I don't know, like sixth grade or seventh grade or something. And she was like, you two can fuck around now, but once you get to high school, 
you better start trying because like that's your permanent record and like if you don't get good grades in high school you won't get good grades in college if you don't get good grades in college you won't get a good job and like life is going to be like intimating like life is going to be hard for you or like you're not going to make a lot of money and i think my brain just kind of heard like permanent record like oh no like i don't you know like i want to get a good job like i like nice things you know so then um i like the creature comforts in life i'm pretty used to a pretty good lifestyle growing up in prairie i better get my shit together because i didn't get the greatest grades in like middle school you know when they were like excellent satisfactory plus satisfactory minus needs improvement i was kind of like whatever and then i got in high school and i was like i'm I want to be like valedictorian, you know, like I'm going to push for this. And I ended up gra graduating like 25th out of like 650. I think we graduated like 575 and I would check my class rank like all the time. And I was just like super competitive, but also I would take, I would like make the game easier for me. I would take, I wouldn't take all the hardest classes so that I could get the good grades, you know what I mean? So I would kind of uh, sandbag my class schedule. And I remember I got called in one time to the um, counselor and I think I was a junior maybe. And he's like, you're trying to take regular English and not advanced English. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you, you have a 4.0 through like your first two grades. You can't take like regular English. I'm like, well, why not? They let me sign up for it. And he's like, my job as a counselor is like to put you in the right as like your guiding counselors to put you in the right classes like you're gonna get me in trouble this is not the right class for you and I was like fine and I think I think I didn't understand that like colleges would actually make their own GPA and wait how hard the classes you were taking I just wanted to see just that perfectionist streak in me just wanted to see like as good as possible right and so finally I got a 4.0 in my MBA program and I was just like, I did it. I fucking did it. Like perfect. And it's just like, for, for what? Like nobody knows or cares besides me really. So, um, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely just like part of a mental illness, right? Because I don't really care that much. Like I'm a little bit proud of it, but like, even if I would have just gotten like a three, five instead of 4.0, I would have learned as much. It would have been fine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to just like scrape by and barely graduate, but like, I, I didn't need to like beat myself up all the time over it, but I don't know. I don't know why, why that is for some, for some reason, I'm not as hard as my uh, hard on myself at work as I was with education. Like school was kind of like my thing. So my boss is going to like listen to this and be like, I wish he would like be like that in work. I mean, that'd be nice. We'd have a better employee if he was that dedicated. Jesus. Well, a couple of things I learned about you. One, um, about you might be the only person that listened to somebody at school about you better stop fucking around or you're not going to, you know, you're not going to like, there's got to be a few other kids. Because <sighs> schools have done that for decades, if not centuries, where like, you better get your stuff together. Otherwise, you're not going to have a productive uh, adulthood. You know, you're not going to be where you want in life. And I'm a sucker. I didn't know you could just like go into sales and make a lot of money. I would have just fucked around. For it worked on you. <sighs> um, I also learned about uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, that he was one of our founding fathers. I never knew that. <laughs> Important historical figure. Sugar Ray Leonard. Yeah, who knew, right? Who knew? Oh man, I, I loved old school boxing. I still I still like boxing a lot, but I really liked it when uh, when I was a kid. The sweet science. Um, okay, so let's see what are we got. 40, 48 minutes. Um, I, I I don't know. Some other like self care things I think for me is like celebrating those small wins. Just like checking things off my list and being like, I did get some things like done today, and just kind of being like satisfied. Like I don't have to get every single thing done just kind of being like managing my time better and i think also just like not overextending myself i'll have a habit of like saying yes to everything so today so far like i went to the gym like right when i woke up um i cleaned we had this podcast i'm going to watch the gopher game then i'm playing disc golf with a friend then i almost booked myself to go to the minnesota united game and i had to be like dude you gotta like you gotta chill are you gonna like run yourself like 
ragged and I have a propensity to just be like, I'm a doer. I want to be like on the go, like let's do things. And like life is like a journey. No one's at the end of the day going to be like, well, you did six important tasks today. So like you get a gold star for the day, right? Like it's more so like you mentioned this earlier, it's quality over quantity, right? So like your kids, sure, they want to spend a lot of time with you, but they also want to spend like quality time with you, right? Like that's what you really remember, not just like, oh, dad took me to the zoo and like didn't say anything for two hours. It's like that you're present and like interacting. If you do that for like an hour and five minutes, that's much more important than you just like breathing there in that location for three hours right so i think there's something it's it's hard to it's hard to remember that in the moment so i think it was sugar ray leonard who said that right life is a journey <laughs> i think it, i think that was Hagler. oh that was Hagler. never mind mm-hmm. um so one quick coping thing that i've learned um and yes. i wonder if my therapist would talk to me about as far as a coping skill two things that really have helped one is fixating on something and you can't shake it and it's just like it's consuming you and part of me i kind of like it there's a part of my brain that enjoys that like i just allow myself to like fixate like like yeah like with the kirk cousins performance on on thursday and i saw online on social media like yeah and it's like you know, people are so quick to either disparage him or lift him up. And I'm like, yes, part of my brain was like, I wanted to break down his first quarter stats and second quarter stats and just kind of show that he's great when the pressure's off, <laughs> you know, like, and so I get hyper-focused on that stuff. And then my, my therapist would tell me like, pretend like it's just like kind of uh, floating by you like a feather, bringing it back to feather. Yeah. And, um, and that just kind of helped it like, or it's like, if you're watching a show and you want to turn the channel, it's like, all right, you know, I'm going to let that kind of sit. I'm going to watch it for a second, but then I'm going to go ahead and change the channel and not allow like that thought or that image or whatever it is to like, just sit with it for too long. So you can't, re- I don't think you can really, maybe you can, maybe some people can do this where you can like, um, just totally shut it down. Like, I don't want to think about this, you know, and I can just co- totally turn it off. Like, Kirk Cousins thing like I, I don't want to I don't want to think about this right now and maybe just maybe some people can just like turn that off and then there's more serious stuff that happens that I think about that like sometimes I get stuck with it and eventually I find a way to get rid of it um but it helps to kind of realize thinking about eventually you can just like turn the channel you know let it float by you know you recognize it but it's gone now um the other thing I was yeah go ahead No, I just, I think it's important to like talk about these things. I think that for so long, like, even though there's not a big stigma around it, like people just say like, how are you doing? And everybody just says fine. And I think sometimes the right context, it's important to tell people like how you really are feeling, right? If you're like, I'm super low energy today, like fucking I've got anxiety and fibromyalgia and like, I'm not, I'm not doing that great. Like people, people will surprise you and people will actually like help you out when you know how you're doing and yeah you don't want to like always be down or whatever like I can see you could be like a drain on people but like also just putting a rosy face on thing and just always being like I'm great like that's not real life either right like I was like when I was going through this problem I was like telling my friends like I'm not doing that well like to be honest with you like I'm lucky to be like at this event this party here today like I'm glad I made it out to this because I like I have not been doing well and then and people really care and they reach out but like if if it's if this is the you know a stigma and you can't like talk about it or whatever then people might just be like he's in a bad mood like oh he seems angry or like whatever and it's like no like I want to be happy I just I'm having this like mental health situation and I've had it before it's episodic and it'll pass but like I don't know I think a lot of times our society is kind of just that we're like, we're doing fine. I'm fine. You're fine. Everything's going well. 10% better than last quarter. Just going to keep getting better. And that's just, that's not life. It's more of a sign curve. It's upsy downsies, you know, and um, it's okay to not be fine. Right. I I don't know. I don't know if it's okay. (laughs) I I think, 
I think that like temporarily um, there is like I res what resonated with what you just said is that like there is this uh I don't know like this acceptance of like we're in a kind of a Truman show esque society where we kind of have to put a happy face on we kind of yeah. have to like we can't show too many feelings like you just kind of no people will get to people will get divorced on facebook and stuff and i'll be like oh my god from like the pictures that they put up i would have thought like this was like the happiest couple or family like in the entire world so everybody is seeing a, like most of the time not the real truth if not right. a complete fabrication right. a complete right. fantasy you know and so it's not it's hard because you're tricked by all these devices that you're constantly plugged into but it's not it's not real life you know and that's why i gravitate more towards twitter because i feel like i'm more of the person that i actually am on twitter and i feel like i have to be more of like the linkedin eric grady on like facebook or instagram or whatever and on twitter i can kind of be my weird self you know definitely definitely I, know. I mean that's why i left facebook was that like i kept seeing this is you know about 10 years ago and i kept seeing these uh posts about you know look at us we're <laughs> at a menard menards as a family <laughs> we're like getting 11 percent off you know <laughs> our uh, and and it's like you know i i i don't have a family i wasn't married and didn't have kids and so i just like would beat beat myself up i have to be careful how i say that beat myself up yeah. and and like um yeah. i had to quit facebook because like it was only damaging my my health you know like i just had to get yeah. away from it and, and that made a difference because yeah. then i wasn't constantly comparing myself to other people and to yeah. your point about like twitter now I, I do I do it really bad with traveling. Anytime people are like traveling, I get like super jelly, even though like I'm a bad traveler and I have like a phobia of flying. And so it's like, actually, if I got offered that trip, it would be hard for me to like do it, but I still get a lot of like envy and jealousy. Cause I like the idea. Like I like traveling when I'm there, but it's just, you know, it's just hard on me. I'm not that great at doing it, but I get really jealous of that. That's one of the main things triggers for me if somebody buys like a brand new like lamborghini i'm just like oh i don't care i don't like want a lamborghini anyways yeah. you know or whatever but if they're like if they're in like gr like mykonos on like you know on like some beautiful like island or whatever i'm like oh god damn it <laughs> yeah it is telling it really tells us what we want what we want in life uh, you know when you see other people yeah. doing it, it's like i want yeah. that or what or what or what you think you want until you go do it and then i'm like oh my god eight hour plane ride was horrible i could never do that again like i don't know how i made it to greece like yeah it was awesome but like now i'm wiped for like three months i like i i haven't done a european vacation since i was in my 20s before i had anxiety like i don't even know like if i can do it probably but like it's all it's all fantasy right to me like i want to be there but like is it really that version of mimi that wants to be there or is it like the you know, I, the, the, this version of me, like the, I, I can't, I can't picture what the word is, but like, you know, some other ego version of version me. of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think part of, part of it, I, I see that, that like, it's part uh, fantasy and it's part kind of like what you think you want or what looks, mm -hmm. looks great. But then when you actually, yes. when you actually do it, it's not, not great. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're only seeing the picture from like Cancun when we got to like the awesome, like amusement park and not like the th two hour, like death grip on the steering wheel driving there when I was like, you know, <laughs> scared yeah. to death driving through fucking Me like Mexico. And it's just like, you know, I mean, you, you, just back to social media like you you just see the best parts and you just have to constantly have to remember that as you doom scroll through there um i don't know <sighs> should we wrap it up yeah i think yeah. so yeah. I, i'm getting an, i'm getting annoyed that i can't remember the word that you want to be like not like your ideal self but like isn't there like levels of the um you know, kind of with like Carl Jung and the whole like shadow thing and like the different levels of you and like your ego. I want like my 
ideal self to do these things, even though like the actual me might not be able to. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I don't not know. What really. the, uh, yeah, no, it makes sense. I don't know what the term is, um, but I. So but well, maybe a well, my brother's a therapist. My little brother's a therapist. He'll listen to this and then he'll tell us all the things we got wrong about therapy and also what I'm trying to think of. And maybe he should be a guest on your show. Yeah, that's a good idea. My shadow is creeping in. I'm picking my scabs again. All right, John, yo, this was real. Let's uh, sky you ma, row the boat, go gophers. And um, yeah. Hopefully we make it competitive today. Let's hope so. This this was a really good, really good chat. I actually enjoyed this. I think this was I think this was good for my mental health. I didn't go to my therapist this week, so this kinda took care of it. I will leave you a bill. <laughs> That's perfect. All right, hit hit stop on the uh, the record thing.